Hello, welcome one and all. It's just David here from One Up Gaming. Just to say we've still got our competition running where all you need to do is go onto iTunes and go on to either OUG Talks uh, or the One Up Gaming podcast. Put a nice review and give us some stars and leave your Twitter handle and we will be giving out a, I'm going to forget the name of it, it's a Toshiba Encore 8-inch Windows 10 tablet. Um, so once we get to about 10 reviews on each podcast then I'll give that away to the, a lucky winner. We need the Twitter handle just so we can give it, you know, contact the person, get the details and the address and that. So this week we've got a nice special guest with Simon Bennett of Roll7 and I actually had fun. I was half asleep when we started but I had fun with the interview. So let's just get on with the show. Thank you. See you next week. Up next on the show, we got a treat for you. Here is this week's interview. And we're back. It's One Up Gaming. It's the OEG Talks. It's me, David, and we've got a special guest. So I guess please introduce yourself and just say what you do. Absolutely, yes. Uh, my name is Simon Bennett. I'm the studio director at Roll7. And at the moment, I do eating muesli and waiting for coffee, but we also make games. That's it, that. Coffee, coffee sounds, sounds good. good. <laughs> so this, this has been recorded super early, and David's, uh, David's desperate to get back to bed. So. Problems that I have is, because a lot of the team that I work with for the podcast are either in New Zealand or in America, so we have to record like 11 o'clock at night, so I'm dead tired then when I'm recording the normal podcast and then when I'm recording interviews it's normally in the morning when I've just finished work and I'm exhausted so it doesn't matter what time of day it is I'm just tired all the time (laughs) oh that Uh, sucks that sucks it, it does it does I need to get off night shift it's a killer it must be so what is your role at role seven my role at Roll7, um, I am, okay, I actually had to explain this yesterday, so I've, I've succinctified it somewhat. I'm a product director, I'm a marketing director, and I'm a commercial director, um, <clears throat> which essentially means uh, I make sure that we get to make games, I make sure that we can continue to eat food by having people hear about games. Uh, and ensure that that food uh, can be upgraded from maybe a value pack of ham to a standard pack of ham by commercialising those games a bit further on other platforms. So what he's saying is without you, Roll7 would no longer be around? Uh, Not necessarily. I just think we'd be eating different types of ham. Um, I think... uh, No, no, no. I mean... We're, we're all, all three of us, uh, three directors, there's uh, Tom and John. Um, Tom's our sort of uh, kind of production director and finance. Um, he's also involved in that piece. And John's also involved in the creative side of how we, you know, keep commercially viable. But a, a lot of the actual um, day-to-day grunt work of, actually, of getting, getting that stuff 
over the line is does does fall to me, which is probably quite a worrying thought for most people because I'm I'm mostly incompetent. Sounds great. <laughs> so, mate, we were chatting a little bit off air, and you basically said that you used to have a office where you all went into to work, but now you're all remote. Mm. Has that changed the dynamic of the team, or is it still sort of like a a core? fun sort of team or yeah um it's an interesting one we've had a sort of role seven began in 2008 as a um like a sister company to a a bigger training company that we ran and it was was mostly doing sort of prototype projects and r&d and lots of fun stuff uh and then we signed after doing a lot of kind of boring work for clients and marketing projects websites videos, films, interactive digital pieces and so forth, and a lot of games. Uh, we, we signed Oli Oli in 2012. Um, and sort of since that, we've been 100% focused on games. And, and each game, we've had sort of a different team bought on for. Um, but it was, we finished Oli Oli, and we realised that John had done far more work on Oli Oli at home just because he'd had the headspace to focus on the on the levels. So when it came to making Not a Hero, John said that he wanted to do it at home just because he'd saved him two hours of travel every day and that if he wanted, he could work till, you know, one in the morning on the game, which did end up being the case on a number of occasions. So we sort of, we, we built Oli Oli in the studio, Oli Oli 2 in the, in the studio in Deptford, uh, where, we, where we were based, and at the end of that project, uh, we said, you know, why don't we why don't we try and do this remote thing? We were planning on having a break anyway. Um, the office had become quite a dingy and um, sort of s- sort of stanky setup. It wasn't it wasn't anywhere that anyone would necessarily want to be, uh, and it was in sort of quite a grimy area of Deptford as well. So there's not much not much of an aspirational element to sort of coming to to the office. Um, so, uh, yeah, we just, we just got rid of it all and, and, and ran, ran operations remotely since then. And we've, we've literally just signed, um, our new game, which we can't really talk about too much, but, um, as a result of having a fully remote team, it means that we can, we can bring people on from all over the UK and in fact, further afield. So, uh, we've now got people working for us from Bright, like from Birmingham, from Leamington Spa, from Guildford, from Rugby. Uh, we've just signed someone up from Hungary, um, and it just yeah, it just means that instead of being uh, limited to the people that might be prepared to travel to get to Southeast London, we can employ anyone in the UK and, and in fact anyone in Europe, uh, as long as they're on relatively the same sort of time scale as us. So yeah, it's cool. The dynamics not really. Uh, I wouldn't say the dynamics changed a massive amount. Um, we always spoke a lot on the phone anyway. Uh, we meet up in London sort of two or three times a month, um, and we spend a bit more time with each other than than we we normally would. We go out for lunch, we go out for dinner, um, we soak up each other's company. But that's really all we want to see of each other. We've worked together now, some of us anyway. Tom and I have been working together since about 1995. Um, John and John and us have been working together since 2006. We all know each other well enough to not have to see each other's ugly faces. I think. 
So out of the three games that you guys have released, which has been your favourite and why? Oh, that's such a tough one. Um, I think, okay, so my favourite to play, uh, like as a sort of core loop of fun, is Oli Oli 2. Um, just because it's, 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 it's got a lot of that one, one more, you know, one, just one more go, one more try thing. Um, Oli Oli was a nightmare to make. Uh, it was the first game that we made kind of properly commercially and none of us really knew what we were doing and it, as a result we all nearly died in the process. And Oli Oli 2 had an element of that. Not a Hero also had a lot of that, but it was so much more fun to make. Um, John and I, uh, the, John the creative director and I, uh, worked on that directly and um, it was the first time that I think we properly found our kind of working flow on how we how we do things um, like how we criticise each other and how we feedback in a way that you know is going to work um, and actually like the process of doing all of the voices for the game coming up with all of the gags and the sort of fun and the nonsense uh, it just, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think it was just a lot of uh, a lot of passion from this very small team that was working on it. Um, and the end result is, uh, it's just, you know, it's great. And it's great to see on, you know, forums and on Twitter and Facebook people really getting into the whole Vote Bunny Lord thing and uh, enjoying all of the nuances of the different characters. It's a very British game. Um, it's something that we really wanted to, you know, that we really once we got our teeth into that theme of, of Britishness that we really wanted to show off um, to the world. It's not often that games, um, you know, they tend to be based in the States or somewhere. So it was it was nice to do something, you know, inherently British. I mean, to me, the games, they remind me of something that some developers would be making on the old, like, Amiga 1200. Absolutely. <laughs> We've not moved on. <laughs> Um, I think it was really like the limitations of the budgets that we had um, for the projects really set and defined the, the 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 kind of the artistic limitations and our you know and we set those boundaries. Uh, we didn't go three D and we kept kept them relatively simple. But in a way, that's been um, that's been great because it means that you, you you're just set to a particular style. As soon as you open up the can of three D worms. Um, not the game 3D worms, but just the, the can of uh, of 3D. Um, that that is really where you start realising that you need a whole load more people in order to achieve um, something that maybe was once achievable by one person. So, yeah, I think 3D worms was not the best example of the worms franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to speak any ill of our friends at Team Seventeen uh, because. Um, they have very nicely just uh, published and funded um, the uh, Not a Hero uh, Super Snazzy Edition for Xbox One and the Oli Oli 2 XL Edition for Xbox One, which is an awesome marketing uh, segue, I think you'll agree. <laughs> so what's been the difference with working with Team 17? Um, I think they really get indies and they understand the limitations of a team that's as small as us, I think, obviously, having once been, you know, that small. Um, Debbie's great. She'll fight your corner. Um, and she understands, you know, exactly where we're coming from. That's Debbie Beswick, who, who runs Team 17. 
No, I think that you know they're they're a really great team, and um, it's amazing to go up and see their their studio in Wakefield. You know, they've, they've actually you know that they're not an indie, um, but in the standards that we'd all see an indie. You know, we kind of think of an indie as four or five guys, maybe working remote or from a tiny little room somewhere making making a game. But they're you know there's like sixty or seventy people all in this big office, and they're all know what they're doing, and they you know they've got got a receptionist and stuff so it was, uh, it was quite cool but yeah no they're really good guys yeah i mean from the things i've heard i think they've shifted more from being like an indie developer and going more into the publishing sort of side mm, absolutely i think they've you know and, and that's been something that's really worked for them i think they've got because they've got such a great team there with all of that experience across different platforms that's really what you need you know um and and that's that's what they're delivering on. So I think um, that transition for them has been really, really successful, and they and they've still been able to work on their own IP as well. So it's it's nice. It's a nice mix. Yeah, cause yeah. I mean, I know Worms originally came out roughly about ninety one on the Amiga, right? And I mean, how many versions of Worms must there have been? Uh, I'm just going to hazard a guess at a hundred and fifty. I don't know. I mean, it is it is the franchise that never stops giving. It's fantastic. I mean, did they do Hogs of War, or was that just something very similar? I'm not sure, I'll be honest. I'm not sure. In my head, that was the early sort of concept for the Worms 3D. Right, okay. I'm sure that the internet will tell us that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just really interesting to, to pick, pick their brains about sort of how you, you know, how you do stuff. One of the things that was quite interesting was the whole that around what we named them you know calling it a super snazzy edition and giving the, the DLC or the, the sort of extra content uh, for, for not a hero name which is me myself and bunny lord that, um actually getting getting uh, debbie's input on that and you know being being quite candid it's just like you know we've we've had a game called worms and the rest of the job on that is just coming up with new names uh, in order to sort of try and build hype and sell it, you know, to to, to either the same people or, or or build a new audience with it. So so that that naming process was really fun, actually. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, uh, you can definitely see where they how they've how they've managed to stay in business so long. It's very uh, very astute business choices and and, and and thinking around how you actually uh, how you, how you kind of market a game and. Uh, maybe sort of repackage it for a different uh, different segment. So I guess moving on to the newest versions of your games on the Xbox One. Mm. From what I could gather, Microsoft used to be very strict about if you are going to release a game that's already been released elsewhere, but you have to include a lot of added extras. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Was that a bit of a pain? It's an interesting one. With Oli Oli One, we managed to get around that because we'd already agreed to 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 do that, or we'd inquired about doing an Xbox One port before they brought that parity law in, um, or a parity clause in, not law. Um, and that was that was good. They supported us through that, and we worked with Curve to get that on Xbox One. But when it came to this, the only way to do it was to get you know to develop new content. So the thinking that we had was. After we've finished 
um, Ollie Ollie 2 and not a hero, um, we'll have a break and then we'll come back and we'll do some extra content for those games um, because uh, because we can and because it would be it would be less stressful than starting an entire new project. Um, so we we basically had to determine how much content we think we could realistically do within a certain time frame. Uh, and that time frame ended up being about four months. Um, and then getting Xbox to actually agree that that was a sufficient amount to justify getting the games to their platform, uh, which they did. Um, I think, uh, I think, I actually think it's, you know, it's genuinely, it, it's, it's quite a serious chunk more. So, not a hero's 21 levels um, with three bonus levels in its original format. And we made another three levels with totally new and sort of different kind of um, assets and backgrounds and stuff like that, where you actually get to play as Bunny Lord himself in three sort of unique missions. Uh, so he's made a series of time, space, space time continuum errors um, in his marauding around. Uh, and the other Bunny Lord uh, from the future, who you do get to meet uh, at the end of the game and in this uh, added content, uh, has come back to tell him that he's made these mistakes. And unless he changes them, the future's going to be a mess. Bit, bit back to the future-y. Uh, there's some Terminator elements in there, there as well. We've, we've, we've borrowed a lot from the world of, of movies, but abstracted it enough to not be in any kind of legal problems. Uh, so those are really fun, really fun levels, um, and they're kind of pegged at sort of at the m- mid-difficulty level, uh, so everyone should have quite a bit of fun with them. Um, and then on Oli Oli uh, XL Edition, we've added a whole new mode to the game, five new levels uh, called Free Skate, uh, and we've removed the requirement to actually press uh, A to land, so you don't you can actually just chill and ride and kind of learn um, some of the tricks without the kind of constant pressure of having to land or your bail. Um, so yeah, that, that's that in itself is really cool as well. And that was developed by Sam, who's our head of QA, one of the best people at Oli Oli in the world. Uh, and he, he basically spent you know, four or five months solidly building levels that he just thought would be really fun to skate. Um, so he, he absolutely loved that, uh, as did we, because it was a, it was a delight to actually play them. There's no real challenge in them, um, and it's what the community have been asking for something something fun that didn't tax. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the new content for Xbox One. When the original like Oli Oli sort of came out, I heard great things about it, but unfortunately. Uh, at the time, I didn't have like a, a, a PlayStation sort of Sony console. I didn't have a handheld, yeah. and I don't really play games on the PC. Whenever I turn the PC on, it's either to do editing, to upload things to the website, things like that. Um, so unfortunately, like the last few years, I've not really had a good chance to try the Oli Oli sort of stuff. Oh, but no. I, I have actually now got it on the Xbox One. Aha. And it's different to how I, from what everyone was going, everyone was saying it's the new Tony Hawk's, but it's <laughs> nothing like Tony Hawk's. I mean, to me, it's, in style, it's very similar to like an endless runner, sort of like, you know, where it's just constantly going like left to right, and you have to do the the tricks and the buttons. Mm. And 
I can actually see it could get very addictive very quickly. Yeah, that was that was sort of the thinking. I mean, it, the, the the game itself is 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 fundamentally a very simple game. You flick the left stick to do a trick, uh, and you press A or X depending on what console you're on to land. Uh, and there's a series of other um, buttons there to do grinds or different types of tricks. But ultimately, um, it's a game about rhythm and timing and uh, quite quick slams and immediate resets. It, it, it's a it's a very much a sort of twitch, you know, it's a, it's a twitch game. Uh, it doesn't really give you that much um, room for failure. Yeah, so it's good that you've actually said that because, I mean, like, I've actually just reviewed the Oli Oli 2 uh, for the Xbox One. Uh-huh. And I did actually say it's... I said it, it reminds me of, like, a, as I said, like, a Endless Runner, sort of that sort of, like, graphical style going left to right, but it's mm-hmm. very Twitch-based. Yeah. You know, with the controls, and I sort of said that, in my opinion, I don't think it would work on a, like, a mobile, like, a touchscreen device. I think, although it looks very simple, mm. you'd need a physical, like... 3D stick and buttons to actually get the best out of that game. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it was prototyped originally on mobile, and I think maybe a stripped-down version where you don't have to do, you know, such acrobatic fingering uh, in order to um, to do tricks might be possible. But but you're totally right. I think people look at it and think it looks simple, but actually the control scheme and the way that it plays is so. Um, controller-centric, uh, and that's really what John wanted to achieve, something that felt like skateboarding. The way that you flick the the left stick, the idea around that anyway was that was that's sort of the, your feet on the board, and the point at which you flick those is the point at which you launch your trick. Um, and really the, the addition that we've added to the game that no other skate game's really done and the thing that we were sort of praised for um, was having to press A or X uh, to land. And and I guess that's the big thing with skateboarding is skateboarding is really hard, and a lot of skateboarding games miss that fact. And you just do a trick and he lands it and it's fine. But actually, if you watch a bunch of guys skating at a skate park, they will practice a trick again and again and again and again. And they'll probably do the rotation of the board in the air or they'll do whatever's required of the trick but it's the actual landing bit that is is so hard to nail because it's you know it invariably involves catching the board back on the way down from a trick uh, and rolling away from it and that's what we wanted to sort of and that that all comes down to timing and so that's what we sort of wanted to recreate with that whole landing mechanic um so yeah i don't know what i don't know do, do you score games or do you just write about them we sort of have a five star rating ah uh, should I know? It got four out of five. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. And someone else reviewed the Not a Hero Super Snazzy Edition, or whatever it, I think it was called that. Yeah. And I think they gave that four out of five as well. Awesome. That is solid. Solid eight. So, I mean, from what my other person was saying on the team, Not a Hero was. Although it looked, I mean, I'll be honest, I'd not really heard of the game. I just saw some quick screenshots and I thought, ooh, 
and but the way he was going on about the game being one of the best games of last year, <laughs> you know, I was actually quite shocked. But I mean, do, will you be carrying that sort of art style forward, where technically it looks quite simple and minimal, but it's so smooth? Um, well, firstly, yeah, thank, thanks to your friend there who's, who's suggested that it was one of the best games from last year. Um, the answer to that question is actually no. We, we're not going to be continuing on in that vein. Our next game, um, people won't think that it's a Roll7 game um, from what they see of it. Uh, they're going to think that it's developed by a whole different team and that it's you know a whole different art style. Um, I guess the thing that's the core of Roll7 games is that they are quite easy to pick up and play, but to get really good at them and master them takes a lot of thinking and skill and there's a, you know, there's a depth there. Um, so I think the, the gameplay style of our next game is a very much a roll seven game. However, the art style is definitely moving away from that kind of retro 2d look. And that primarily that, that comes back <clears throat> to, to the ambition uh, that, that John wants for the next game. We want to do something um, really quite that stretches what we've done before. And uh, whereas before we've been working on two projects at once, uh, Oli Oli Two and Not a Hero, at the same time now all of all of the team are combining efforts and joining forces um, to create something a bit bigger. So so yeah, the next thing's going to be different. So is that a hint that it's maybe going to be like a 3D game? Oh, I, I, I couldn't possibly say, but maybe. <laughs> or in the, the very least, like a 2.5D or whatever. Well, we did 2.25D uh, with isoslant technology in, uh, in Not A Hero. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's fair to say that we're moving towards... Um, uh, the extra 0.75D that we, we had, didn't have before. I, I don't know how old you are, but for me, the pinnacle of gaming was, let's just say one of my favourite games was Final Fight. Oh. But there hasn't really been what I would call a good side-scrolling beat-em-up for maybe 20 years. Yeah. I mean, would it be something that you guys would be interested in to try to add a bit of your comical flair into that sort of genre um i don't know uh i do know that um mother russia bleeds um is is an attempt by a french team that's it's a new devolver game that's uh a sort of side-scrolling beat-em-up style game super violent and gory uh that's coming out i i don't think that's necessarily on the list um f- from from us um no I don't sort of. It's it's quite odd actually, John. The the ideas that John comes up with um, tend not to get too many in the same vein. So the next game isn't isn't funny at all. It isn't any. There's there's no humour in it at all. It's incredibly serious, um, and it's not based on anything that exists in the world currently. It's very much a projection uh, into something else. So um, there's no current plans for a Roll7 comedy side-scrolling beat-em-up using a bunny, but there probably should be. That would be awesome. Bunny Lord's uh, Rampage. And then you could also have a sort of 
cameo of your skateboard dude in it where he's like skateboarding around and he stands up and like uses his board as a weapon. Absolutely. There you go. I'm I'm up for that. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I'm sure you can get a couple of people to knock knock it out in a few months. Yeah, exactly. Games are easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the the one thing that we were so naive about right at the start is we, we used to make games in a month um, when we were doing them for clients um, and we would just sort of smash them out and we'd have a team just make really hooky code to, to do what we wanted. And uh, when we got to to Oli Oli, we're like, wow, we've got a whole nine months to make a game. This is crazy. We've got so long, we're going to be able to do loads of stuff. And I think that misconception that games are... Uh, can be made quite easily. Uh, they're, 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 they're tough beasts. Really tough beasts. Um, that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> so so there might not be a side-scrolling two-month-made Bunny Lord slash Ollie Ollie beat-em-up. Um, but if you know some people who want to make one, uh, we'll provide them with the assets. That would be quite fun. I don't know. I mean, I think I just think that genre, unfortunately, is gone now. Yeah, you don't really see anyone trying it anymore. No. Or the ones that do sort of come out, the sort of like really bad three D animated and yeah. just bad games. <laughs> so when you guys were, or when you were involved in doing some like the the contracts that are work with other people where you just made what you, you know, cheap, fast sort of games. Yeah. What would you say is maybe one of the worst games that you made for oh. them? Um, i say the worst game that we made was a clone of uh, um, Doodle Jump uh, called Job Jump. Uh, and it was for a college that wanted to... Um, it's a college that wanted to talk about different profession, like to, to, to sell different courses, vocational courses. And they had chef course. They had a like business administration course. They had, um, a hairdressing course. And we made basically recreated doodle jump. But instead of, uh, being a little doodle man, you were one of these characters. So you're either a hairdresser or a chef. And you were just bouncing up this thing and collecting um, skills and money. It was just terrible. I can't imagine anyone would have ever played it. Um, I think it was in that the uh, the nascence of people thinking that they could use video games to to market things, um, including us. We thought we thought it was a great tool, and if it wasn't for that sort of work, we wouldn't still be here. So. You know, we can't can't uh, dismiss it too rapidly, and it helped us understand how to make games as well. So it it was a great little learning pad for us. So. Yeah, I mean, every little thing you did, you'll have taken some sort of skill away from it. Absolutely, like hairdressing in that in that in that case. So, <laughs> <laughs> I will say thank you, Simon. I've actually woken up now about oh. an, an hour too late. If you want to just sort of say how people can get hold of. Any of the versions of the games? Absolutely. Here comes my marketing spiel. Um, so, yeah, Oli Oli 2 
XL edition uh, with the extra free skate mode is available on Xbox One now all over the world. Um, and um, Not a Hero Super Snazzy edition with the Me, Myself and Bunny Lord update. Uh, again, available on Xbox One right now, all on the uh, on the online store. Um, and um, there is actually a double pack of both of those games called the Bunny Lord Pro Hater Pack, which I think everyone will like. Uh, you can get both of those games at a massive discount. Uh, so, yeah, do please support your uh, tiny independent studios and uh, go and buy their games on every single platform under the sun. I mean, I might be wrong, but... Is there a, a physical release coming as well? There is indeed. Um, we've partnered with a, a team called Badlands uh, in Spain, and Oli Oli 2 and Oli Oli 1 are being bundled together uh, with exclusive video content and a manual, uh, like a, an exclusive studio booklet uh, with interviews from the studio um, and a um, and the where are we? The soundtrack and also a PS Vita code as well. Um, for uh, yeah, for for stores around the UK, so you should be able to see the Oli Oli Epic Combo Edition in stores from July. Uh, again, that's that will be international release. So uh, really exciting to actually get a, a proper disc uh, in a shop. Yeah, so that's coming out in July. So I will say thank you, and throughout the whole time we were talking, I was just trying not to say Gordon Bennett. <laughs> Well, you you got it in there. You got it in nice. And I've actually wrote in my notebook. You know that's. <laughs> <laughs> Do not say it. <laughs> so Simon, thank you very much. It's been an, an absolute pleasure, and I wish you and Roll Seven all the best in the future. Thanks so much, David. And yeah, thanks so much to One Up Gaming for all all your support. You guys rock. Thank you. Goodbye. Cheers, Steve. See ya. Hey guys. Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you in particular, in that way. And I wanted to say, I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering, if you think we're great, if you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really, really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, Maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. O-U-G Gaming will always be free, but with your support, we can always move forward and always be better.